Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And with us today we have our third ever guest, uh, Kevin O'Shea from madeoffail.net. Welcome. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. This is a, this is a pretty good week, I think, to be a guest because there's actually a lot of a lot of interesting things to talk about. Yeah. So today we'll be talking in 46, which starts with uh, the finish of the line that ended last week. Um, uh, it's dangerous business, Frodo. Yeah. Stepping out your door. You might. It's uh, you never know where you might be swept off to. Um, and ends with Sam complaining about a quote dirty great root. A dirty great root. <laughs> As they've uh, they've bedded down for the night to camp. This uh, this whole minute was cut. Yeah. Every everything that's here is cut from the theatrical, and added back into the extended. Even though a lot of the imagery from this minute was, I guess, used in like production photos stills. and pr- promotions. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting, but I guess that happens with a lot of movies. Like you always go see a trailer, and then it's just like, hey, that didn't happen when I went and saw it. Yeah, well, most of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I remember with Thor two, they had that promotional still of Loki with the furs. And everyone lost their mind. <laughs> and then they released the deleted scene and it was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But <laughs> Yeah, you know. It happens. It happens. This this is a this is an important contextual scene for what we get later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because this sets up what Elrond is talking about later when he's talking about Arwen and Aragorn and you know, she can never stay with you and all of that. This this sets up the whole elves leaving the world thing. Yeah. Going into the West. Into the West. Yep. Heaven. Is it heaven? It's basically, I mean, it, it is a physical place, but in it's basically the afterlife. We're getting into allegorical territory, which Tolkien was against. But the West is basically the afterlife. I mean, at a certain well, point, it depends, right? Because flat Earth. Right. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? If you, I mean, if you take it as Tolkien's um, alternate history of... Uh, great britain then it could be you know atlantis or america where everybody goes to die that's true yeah <laughs> which which is definitely something to think about although there already is very much a atlantis uh, metaphor in the work the lord of the rings that is referenced all the time and that's numenor because numenor was like the great civilization of man it was an island between uh, the land of the Valar and Middle Earth, mm-hmm. which got sunk by Sauron. Really, that's what happened. Well, he didn't sink it, but he caused it to sink. Why, with global warming? Uh, sure. <laughs> he caused a lot of political problems in Numenor, and they kind of warred with themselves, and then they wound up trying to go to war with the Valar, hmm. and then the Valar sunk them, and then the surviving men from Numenor came to Middle Earth and built what would become eventually the empire yeah. of uh imperialistic yeah. bastards yes <laughs> uh exactly you're correct the name escapes me uh arnor 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 yeah a-r-n-o-r because they talk about numenorian ruins all the time yes. but i didn't realize it was like an island yeah it's in uh it's a star- it was a star-shaped island between the land of the valor and middle earth well there you but- go atlantis atlantis it's star-shaped yeah which is something that wasn't revealed in texts until the Silmarillion was published posthumously. That sounds fake, but okay. You know, <laughs> it's fine. It's a five. It's like a roughly star-shaped five-pointed island. Interesting. Yeah. 
So they built all of, they built like Gondor and Minas Morgul and Orthanc and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, did you have anything particular that you wanted to talk about in this minute? Um, well, aside from, you know, the elves going into the West and Sam being sad because, uh, the ground is having its way with his back. Right. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty powerful scene that really kind of lends itself to just the simplicity of the moment. Mm -hmm. It's just the elves going to the harbor to go into the West, uh, singing as they go. And it's beautiful and sad as, as many things with the elves are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it kind of is. Right. It's kind of haunting. It is. Because the lighting is very, everything's blue, Mm -hmm. but kind of dull. Well, because it's uh, twilight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the elves are like glowing. Well. Elves just glow, I guess. I mean, maybe it's like, what's like, do you know, do they ever talk about what the song they're singing means? Um, I don't. They don't in the commentaries. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm sure that that information is somewhere because Elvin is as fully fleshed out a language as some real world languages. Yeah. So I'm sure that there is a translation somewhere. I'm sure they actually wrote something in English and translated it to Elvish, and then decided, oh, that sounds good, and then they did it. Maybe it's like a protection spell. Maybe it's very possible. Like the elves glow when they're doing their magical elf things. Right, like Galadriel likes to glow. Yeah, Arwen gro- glows a little bit. Yeah, or maybe it's a lament. Yeah, yeah maybe could be uh, for the world they're leaving behind. Yes, because uh, wood elves, uh, I think it's wood elves, especially are the ones that really love Middle Earth but feel like they can't stay. That's sad. Yeah, like they're the ones that really love everything about Middle Earth itself, about the the land and the creatures there. Yeah, that feel like they can't stay because the time of the elves are ending. Hmm. So they need to move on, but they don't really want to. Interesting. Whereas, like the the high elves the high are just kind of ready to go. Right. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. So, what's the difference between wood elves and high elves? So, in part. <laughs> In part, the difference between the different group uh, groups of elves is kind of like the sides they took when all the crap went down with the Silmarils and the chanting of Melkor, and if they supported Feanor in his journey to Middle-earth, or if they didn't, or if they went with him like willingly or unwillingly. And mm-hmm. The Silmarillion is a really complicated story. Right. There's just a lot going on. I haven't read it in a while. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of details just thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And there's like a family tree of like kinds of elves in the back of that book. Interesting. Yeah. It is kind of interesting. There, there there's a lot of there's a lot, a lot, a lot of background information on elves in the Silmarillion. Like the Silmarillion just, is more their history than anything else. It's it's really kind of just a narrative appendix. Yeah, it really is. It it's it's just explaining things that never really had explanation. It's just like, so here's the history behind this tower. And here's the history behind the wizards. Here's Elrond's grandfather. Yeah. Like, hmm. that sort of stuff. So it's just down to what side they took? Like, kind of. Like, there, I assume there has to, like, be some sort of actual difference. But part of it is, like, they're separated into groups based on, like, 
where they were and what went down at the end of like the whole conflict around the Silmarils hmm. is part of how they're separated. And there's actually like five different kinds of elves, not just two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because there's also sea elves. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's like wood elves and sea elves and high elves, and then there's a couple more, I think. Maybe even more than five. I don't remember exactly. I should know this, but... Keebler elves. Keebler (laughs) elves. They're the best at baking cookies. Santa's elves. Yes. Santa elves. Yes. Little toy maker elves. I'm kind of cobblers. I'm kind of sad that because um, in the book Sam is so gung ho about meeting elves, he's like the biggest elf stan. Yeah, and this is really like this scene is communicating completely different things, and I understand why they didn't have that, but like, I mean, it isn't. It isn't because Frodo wouldn't have mentioned it to him so excitedly if he didn't know Sam really wanted to see elves. Oh, that's true. He's just like Sam, Sam, elves. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's go. Let's go look at the elves. Let's and go watch they them of, die. Oh. Yeah, they, they they kind of both just uh, really kind of feel the gravity of the moment as 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 they're watching it. Mm-hmm. I and once again, I just love Sean Astin's delivery of his lines. He's he's actually a very very good actor. Yeah. He, you say he, that like you're surprised. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets introduced as just like the bumbling sidekick. But like he really brings a lot to this this relationship, and on screen, a lot of his passion for what he's doing comes through. I mean, he was willing to gain thirty pounds to play Sam. Yeah. So a, a lot of his passion for what he's doing really comes through. Although I I do okay I do as I did last week, just kind of laugh at his accent that he's putting on because he doesn't really pronounce the D at the end of the word sad. Mm-hmm. So, sad. He says, I don't know. It's, it's not weird. pronounced very well. It just kind of like trails off. Everyone's kind of putting on, like, a vaguely British accent. Yeah. Sort of. Um, And I mean, and and his is different than Frodo's. Yeah. His is a little more country. Yeah. Frodo's is a little more rock and roll. Oh, my God. (laughs) I am, I am that lame. It's fine. (sighs) Um, so (laughs) since this minute is a little light, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with Lord of the Rings? And like your background with the movies or just the source material in general, um, what what do you like most about the Lord of the Rings? Um, honestly, it's 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 really kind of always been other people's thing that I kind of get dragged along and swept up in, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is which which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but, uh, I read the books because my dad really wanted me to, and mm-hmm. I watched the movies because, uh, my friends really wanted to see them. And then I just kind of, um, really it's, it, it just kind of exists on its own. And so, I mean, um, my wife, she has them on fairly frequently. Uh, she likes to have it on as uh, background noise, mm-hmm. um, cause she's seen it so many times. It's just kind of, uh, relaxing for her. Yeah. And I have friends that can basically uh, recite sections of the Silmarillion to you word for word. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I mean, there's I mean, there's stuff that I pick up just from proximity, right? Um, so it's always just it's always just kind of been like a thing to do with friends. That's cool. With other people, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, you must enjoy it, though. I mean, oh, absolutely! Like, like the fiftieth time, you've been like enough. 
there's enough. <laughs> no, I like it. It's 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 grand. It's sweeping. I mean, uh, say what you want about Peter Jackson, but he really knows how to get the immersion in mm-hmm. with the music and the visuals and everything. And it just it's hard not to get swept away. Yeah. Do you um is like sci-fi more your bag or like is fantasy like if are you a sci-fi person or a fantasy person it's it's a case-by-case basis for me it's it's it's, you get me with the story it doesn't matter what kind of story it is that's fair yeah it's very fair so i mean my my uh my mom raised me on both star trek and star wars and you know star wars is space fantasy there ain't no science in that fiction right um (laughs) and it's just it's just kind of like the thing is what it is mm-hmm. to me, so it's not like I go seeking out specifically sci-fi or fantasy. It's just things tend to gravitate towards one or the other, depending on what it is. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's cool. This uh, this minute is very light, although it is very important that we, we t- yeah. talk a bit about the elves. I mean, it's the longest we see elves. Because we see elves a little bit in the prologue, but then they're like dying and fighting. So. And then we see like the the little elven blender thing, and yeah. then like that's about it. And you hear elvish and Galadriel, so you have yeah. that base. But I understand why they cut it out of the movie. Yeah, because uh, if 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 you didn't have the prologue and you were just watching this, this would be the first time that elves are mentioned. Really? I think so. I think you're right. I don't think they. I don't think the word elves has been uttered. No, because doesn't um, Bilbo say he's gonna go live? Oh, with Bilbo the elves? says he's gonna live with the elves. Yeah, but like other than that, I like we haven't seen an elf. If there's no prologue, right? There's just no no elf. And elves are kind of important. Elves are really important. <laughs> They're the the oldest race on Middle Earth. Oh well, that's technically not true. The Gandalf's race, right? Well, no wizards. Uh, Ents, maybe. Oh, Ents. That's true. I forget Ents are a thing. Ents are a thing. I mean, they're not a thing yet for us. We'll get there some 300 like, minutes yeah, from now. two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to real time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real time, not uh, not movie time, which seems to move much quicker than it should. I'm still confused about the timeline, but I'm, I think we're going to talk about I'm it too, later yeah, this, week. <laughs> this And this week doesn't really help with that confusion. No. <laughs> um, but I think that about wraps everything up. Um, we are located on duelinggenre.com. You can send us an email, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. We're on Twitter at LOTR Minute, Tumblr, LOTR Minute.tumblr.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well as a Facebook group, uh, where you can, you know, do informal chats, uh, about Lord of the Rings or whatever. And we, if you have a moment, uh, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be a big help. Um, in the meantime, you can check out the other uh, podcasts on of the Dueling Genre family. Well, there's the Doctor's Companion, which is our Doctor Who podcast that I co-host with Scott and Nick, our two previous guests on the show. Scott and Nick do Back to the Future Minute. Um, all three of us write for Geek by Night, which is our fictional audio drama podcast. And new last week is Harry Potter Minute. Um, so go check those out. We are also on Patreon duelinggenre.com slash support as well as a one-time donation button on the site and merch coming soon coming soon um 
And we want to go ahead and thank Kevin for joining us this week. Uh, Absolutely. We're excited to talk about Lord of the Rings with you. I'm sorry that, like, you're not, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say that you're, like, not gung-ho about Lord of the Rings, but, like, I'm sorry that we just kind I'm of... not a super <laughs> fan, but I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of, I mean... It's kind of better for you because now you've got like a whole bunch of different perspectives here. Yeah, I like See, talking I'm a casual to, fan. I like talking to casual fans about because yeah. like different people uh, will notice different things. So I'm excited yeah. to talk about this week with you. Um, and special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.